gonna have to do a RLM worship school. Jesus. Everyone I know that gets the most gemstones in the glory stream, they're the biggest worshipers to praise and worship in music. They praise and worship all day long. Truth anyhow. Glory. Be glorified. Amen. Well, it is good to be in the glory. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to start out with a scripture today. This is a, a really serious one for you. This is a very serious verse. So I want you to put on your thinking caps. Here you go. Check this out. Scripture of the day is in Leviticus chapter 21, verse 20. Or who is a hunchback or a dwarf, or who has any eye defect, or who has festering or running sores or damaged testicles. Amen. Selah. Yeah, pause and calmly reflect on that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, that's the truth, anyhow. What's the deep spiritual meaning behind that? Hallelujah. Put on the full armor of God, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Dwarves. Or is a dwarf? What kind of people was Moses dealing with? Oh man, we got it easy. I love dwarves though. God even loves people with damaged testicles. He loves the eunuch. He loves the castrated. Paul says, don't be castrated by religion. Some of you have lost your confidence. To be castrated is to be without confidence in Christ in your spirit. I don't want to listen to this background today. We're going to go to my old school favorite, El Olam. Everlasting Light or Ancient Echoes? Everlasting Light is the correct answer. <laughs> I just like this John Belt album, El Olam 1 and 2, one in particular. It causes my spirit to flow the easiest when I'm ministering. That's why I do that. One thing you'll, you'll notice when you get into heaven, everything's accompanied with music. 
The word is always accompanied with music. The overcomers, you read about them in Revelation 15, <laughs> both of them are playing their harps. You know their names? Jesus and Moses is the answer. <laughs> Jesus and Moses for a hundred points. <laughs> They're playing music on the top of the mountain. So oh. Judah, if you read Revelation, Judah comes first. It's your first step in sonship into the heavenly realm. Judah means praise. So I found prayer with praise, prayer with music. I mean, I'll dance every single day. You have to in the higher realms. The Bible says that he's dancing over us. If you don't have a Holy Ghost dance life, you haven't risen high in the mountain yet. It's simple as that. If you don't have a Holy Ghost praise and worship and musical life, you're in the lower degrees. Very low. Because on the mountaintop is music and celebration and dancing. Anybody ever been to a wedding before? The Bible calls the place of the overcomer a marriage celebration. One of the most common activities at a marriage is dancing. So, if you're married to Jesus, married to God, and it's real, you got a holy dance life. It's not twerking. It, it's not immoral dancing. It's holy dancing. It's dancing with the angels. Song of Solomon says that she dances with angels, which means there's a holiness and a synchronicity with the assigned angels to her life. Dance with your angels. It's biblical. Whoa. You'll either be dancing with the animals or you'll be dancing with the angels. It's two dance floors in the garden. One hell. Everyone knows that by their natural reasoning. And one in heaven that you have to enter by revelation. Revelation is the key to unlock every activity in the Holy Spirit. You can't even come in one step into the things of God without a direct revelation from Jesus Christ. God led each one to Jesus, the Bible said. Did not my Father bring you to me, and no one comes to me unless they're led by the Father? How many of y'all know that's true with anyone with Christ in them? With Christ in you, every verse that applies to Jesus applies to your spirit to Jesus in your spirit not your spirit Jesus Christ in your spirit big difference now because your spirit's not God and at any point that your spirit is independent of God it's sorcery and witchcraft for the archangels are assigned over those who sin with their spirit book of Enoch says so sinning in the spirit's common that's what witchcraft is it's using your spirit independent of the throne of Christ. So after you discover your own spirit and Christ in your spirit, that's kind of when warfare begins. Yeah, now you're activated in the angelic realm. Doesn't mean that it'll go well for you. If you at any time stop following him, it's better off having never activated your spirit, the Bible says. So you have to have a stricter holiness which is a greater freedom for the soul when it's a stricter obedience in the spirit. And to 
The foolish, it looks like, oh, it's not fun. They don't have, they don't do anything. They don't have a life. What's the priesthood life? The priesthood life is God is your great reward. What's your great reward? Mansions, Rolls Royces. No, God is your great reward. Until you make God your reward, you'll be deceived. So it means it's a reward of those who diligently seek him. Seek and you will find, it is written. Knock, the door gets opened. Thirst and you will be satisfied. Hunger and you will be filled. It is written because you're discovering God in the original design inside your spirit. This is how you get rock solid in righteousness. You know, God's the rock of ages. On the solid rock I stand. He is the only rock. All other building is on sand. And many people have a false rock. Many people have a false Jesus right now. You'll know them by their fruit. They don't have any peace. They're worried about politics, guys. <laughs> Evidence of bad building. If you've been building on the rock, you're beginning to exercise an authority, a maturity, a dominion, a might, and a power, a wisdom that's a spiritual river of fire upon the nations. You have an authority over the animals Take dominion over the four-footed critters. Take dominion over the birds. Everything that walks on the earth. Do you think Adam and Eve walked? I don't believe they walked. I think they walked after they fell. Because the Bible says clearly when a person comes into the glory, they fly. Who are these that fly, Isaiah says. Jesus flew into the cloud. The realm of the overcomers is the realm of the glory cloud. You're going to meet Jesus in the air, it is written. Not when you die, when you overcome death. So revelation right now is helping your spirit rise in your heart. There you'll deal with death all day long in every direction. Except for the part of the, your own brothers and sisters that are obedient to God the Father and glorified in spirit. That's the only light that's in this world. I am the light of the world. He passed the baton. Now you are the light of the world. Don't cover your light with a bushel, which means don't get into religion. Let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So the light has come into the world and false light is exposed as satanic Christianity. Number one strategy of the enemy? Counterfeit the covenant religion so nobody can find Jesus in their own spirit. It's called bewitchment. Number one problem in the church right now. Bewitchment. Having begun in the spirit, which is in your belly, try to finish in the soul, which is witchcraft. Galatians 3, it is written, guys. So the bewitchment is severe even amongst the elite could be saved or deceived, it is written. So much so that the elite could be deceived, it is written. There is a deception so deceiving that you can't even discover it until your spirit is glorified. Christ in you, the hope of your spirit getting glorified. You cannot see these things in flesh, in soul, in animal, 
in eyeball, not possible, never in a million years. That's why so few believe. They haven't purchased ISAV. What's the purchasing of ISAV? It is the costly sacred anointing oil of the ability of the new creature in Christ and developing that creature and then paying the price of all the dead stuff on top of it, which is your heart and all the record of words, you know, you're not made of molecules, you're made of syntax. <laughs> syntax means collective phrases, it's not words. You're not made of words, you're made of syntax, which is belief systems, phrases that your brain agrees with. You are made out of syntax. You are made out of belief systems. That's what animates you. Some belief systems will give you a longer life. Some belief systems, like it's okay to do drugs and alcohol, get a much shorter life. It's okay, I believe, it's okay to drink and drive. Lucky to see age 18. So it's all about belief systems. It's all about phrases. Bible calls many of them strongholds that need to get torn down. Amen? There are many strongholds here that need to be torn down. In fact, the whole soul needs to be torn down, Revelation says. So easy to sit there and say, that goat church is the horror Babylon. No, we're the goat church. We're the horror Babylon. Every prophet in the Bible identified with the sins of the people. If you don't, you're in the false prophetic. You're not a scapegoat. You've never walked in agape love one day in your life. It's all about becoming a sacrifice for others while they're yet still in an animal form and don't know him. Don't have a revelation of the new creature. Don't have an ability of the angel, of the spirit, of the kingdom, of the river. Don't know how to be divine. Godliness is unknown in that dimension. The realm of the dead, they have no revelation. They perish for a lack of revelation. What's the revelation? Christ in you. The knowledge of the glory that covers the earth as the waters cover the sea is the living water of Jesus' throne that is birthed out of the bride of Christ in the breaking of the waters. Your waters will break in the natural through childbearing first. 6,000 years of that, everyone believes in that because they've seen it, experienced it, it's written in all the textbooks. Now what you're about to believe in is the breaking of the mighty waters. That's what the Bible calls it, mighty waters. And men have wombs in the new covenant and men's wombs will break and water will come out. The water comes from the throne and the throne is with men, it is written. They rejoice because the throne of God was with men, Revelation writes. This throne is where the waters come from. A realization and a revelation of that throne in your spirit will cause the breakthrough of the breaking waters. They break through everything. They break through you. They break through your brain, your strongholds, your mindsets, unrighteousness, religiosity. Familiar spirits, poverty, sin, sickness, disease, it breaks through everything. The living water, the breaker anointing is the living water that breaks forth when you realize Christ in you. And it will follow all the way through and you will get revelation out of the water. The Bible says, and there was gold in the river, the river Pishon. 
the four rivers of Genesis 2.10, and there was gold in the river, and that gold was great and good. That is the golden revelation that comes out of the living waters from Jesus Christ's throne. That's the source of the living word. You can't have living words and preaching and teaching without being connected, covenanted to the throne in your spirit because the water brings up the gold. He's wearing the crown of gold in Revelation 14, verse 10, the one seated on the throne, having a gold crown, holding a sharp sickle. What is the harvest? When you have all the revelations of the kingdom from your belly all the way up on your head. That's the name of Jesus Christ written on your forehead. That's when the kingdom controls your mind. Romans 8 says the exact same thing. Those whose brains are controlled by the Spirit of God are in the realm of peace. What's peace? The name of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Hebrew, means city of peace. I'm yelling. Because <laughs> I'm excited. I was perfuming today. Making, what was the name of it, Lord? Help me remember. Glory of the angels. And as I'm pouring the liquid into the bottle, there's a gold flake in there. I mean, I thought it was debris, and they're like, we can't have debris, and it might be, looks like we're eating crackers over the perfume or something. <laughs> like breadcrumbs in there. It's embarrassing. It's supposed to be Holt Parfum. You advertise as Holt Parfum. You got like food and stuff floating in there. Well, to my astonishment, put it under a light to try to get it out. And it's, it's sparkling gold. It looks like a gold nugget. And I just, I left in there, made some videos, posted it, but it, it messed me up because all these little things prophesy what God the Father is doing. He loves signs and wonders. Signs and wonders have tons of revelation in them. It's not just the fascination for the unbeliever. For the believer, it's going into a deeper depth of the Father. Bob Jones said signs and wonders glorify the Father. The purpose of signs and wonders is for the Father to be glorified. It reveals his nature that he's just over the top and everything. Why is he just putting gold and perfume? Why is he just putting gemstone dust on people's hands? They're just going to wash it. What a waste. What a wasteful God. No. God the Father's always about the abundance. On earth, you're about lack, penny pinching, tight wads, fear, not going to have enough, need to have work harder and overtime to pay my electric bill because of the elevation you have to work by the sweat of the brow if you go up higher your spirit will be the worker which means higher wages lesser work 100% of the time it's a biblical principle the higher you go on the mountain the less you work and the more your spirit works at the end of the age your spirit is the worker it is written which means we finally grow up from the curse of the fall. Doesn't mean you won't build houses, but your spirit will be the one building the house so you don't labor in vain, it is written. 
Amen. Your spirit has the ability of your flesh times 10 trillion. In fact, the ability of your spirit is equal to the ability of God himself. He cre created Adam and Eve with all his abilities imparted into their spirit and we lost it in the fall and we've been getting measurements of it poured on us throughout every generation as an external mantling, which was wonderful. We enjoyed all that. You can read the Bible about all that. But now in the new covenant, you get the very God sperm genetics, the full package. The Bible says, Colossians 2.10, that you are made full of the Godhead. Do you believe it? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and reach full spiritual stature. Is the spirit born again in full spiritual stature? Absolutely yes. Your spirit is born again in fullness. Now what is catching up is called your soul is getting transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is the ascension of your soul to where your spirit is seated in heavenly places. Seated with Christ in heavenly places, certainly not in your soul. If your soul was, you would be Solomon 2.0 with trillions of dollars in your bank account. Trillions. These men were trillionaires if you study church history. Trillions. But our souls need higher elevations. Our souls go up and that's when you encounter the enemy. That's when it gets real. That's when you gotta have the full armor of God on if you're going into that realm. It's the promised land, guys, of the seven nations of Canaan in the Old Testament. And it really is the seven interior castles and how high can this castle go? Of the interior castle of man and woman's redeemed souls? It hasn't been tested but higher every generation. Each generation builds a little higher, and the prophets are in agreement. This is the capstone generation. It is. This is the Joshua generation that takes the promised land of the soul realm. The spirit realm is born again. You get that when you're born again. Now, getting your spirit strong enough with the word, putting the word in your spirit, and what it takes, the kind of armor, and the kind of sword it takes to take the world back from Satan, that kind of training, Navy SEALs don't even get it. Special forces don't even get it. They couldn't handle it. They'd be dropping out. Truth anyhow. This will take you, you will have to be almost blindfolded for huge segments of your life, trusting God, if you want to continue training as a soldier in Joel's army. Because you can't walk by sight, you're going to have to walk by faith because every deceiving, diabolical, genius angel you could ever imagine and most you couldn't imagine are going to lie to you as you rise. Jesus Christ said the same thing in the parable of the sower sowing seed. At first you hear the gospel, you get born again, spirit regenerated, yeah. Then he said, enemies come. He promised enemies, if you read the Bible. And he said the enemy is going to come with the cares of the world. They're going to come with temptations. They're going to come with choking it out, with stones, with rocks. And they're going to come with their own seed. So the enemy's tactics is to make his seed as much like the seed of the kingdom as angelically possible. Angels did this. Demons did this. Enemies did this. Jesus said in the Bible. Which means fallen angels are always trying to replicate what the Spirit of Jesus is doing in His people. 
and the fallen angels are good counterfeiters. All of us, to a measure, still have deception from them because we're not perfect yet, but we're growing in revelation that makes us perfect. Elevation. It's not even revelation alone, it's revelation plus elevation. Revelate until you levitate and then you manifestate as a son of God. So the revelation's not enough, but you first have to get a diet of daily bread, daily revelation for your spirit, otherwise you have no fuel. And if you stop fueling your spirit, you'll slide down into lower levels back into the sands where the scorpions and the snakes and the Egyptians are in the sand. You read the Bible, that's where all the idolatry of man is. But there is a mountain here that is a Goshen. A Goshen is a mountain of the Lord. Don't think there's a refuge city anywhere else. If there's a refuge city, it's because someone found the mountain of the Lord in their spirit and Zion rose as chief of all the mountains in the last days and covered all the other seven mountains with Mount Zion. The refuge is the Lord himself. I am your high tower, it is written. The Lord is our covering shelter, our shield and buckler. He under the shadow of the Almighty. We dwell under his wings. What's the shadow of the Almighty? The glory, even black glory, onyx glory. High priest had black glory, onyx written in the word. Yeah, this will trip you out and this is the season I'm in in my soul and the glorification of my soul and the ascension, the level I'm in and the degree that I'm walking in is this onyx right now. And it's almost like the glorification of black. Hey, read the Bible song of Solomon 1. You are black yet lovely. Black love. Black glory. Totally biblical. Glorified in the onyx stone of the ephod, the high priest. Breastplate of righteousness. Yeah, we had signs and wonders with black onyx dust and the people in Minneapolis here. Always confirming signs and wonders and all the prophetic things that RLM always does. Always confirmed with two or three witnesses. The Spirit does it because He obeys His Word. You notice that when you begin to walk in the Spirit, even though you have great faith, and you might have seen it a hundred times, they'll still have confirming witnesses. Because he, his word cannot be broken. He esteems his word above his name. He won't break his word. Which means even if it's something that is like a, a treasure trove in your heart, that it's something you have so much faith for that it's on autopilot inside the interior castle. It's just a treasure trove of faith in that realm of your life. The, the word of God still remains the same in that area. You never get too complicated or complex or mature for the word for all eternity. It's actually a simple word that has dynamic experiences. It's dynamic emotionally. It's dynamic joyfully. It's dynamic lovingly. Those sensations and those pleasures at his right hand forevermore are what expand in the same simple truths. Revelation is not super complicated stuff. It's not intellectual mysticism like these false mystics everywhere trying to save fallen angels out there and weird stuff they're doing nowadays. False mysticism still selling a million books. 10,000 people watching their live broadcasts of pure manure. Very popular. People tell lies. Listen, if the soul, soul and the soil is used 
to practicing the natural light for false truth, you'll be open to believe any lie of the de- of the demon. That's why people want to protect their hearts from from it comes the issues of life. You need to protect your spirit. That's where the tree of life grows up on the inside of you. You know what the tree of life is? The fruit that you believe the word of God. The word of God is the seed of the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. Same as it was 6,000 years ago. Nothing's changed. The difference is you've changed faith in your syntax from the tree of knowledge to the tree of life. What is the tree of life? Believing God's word. How do you live in the Garden of Eden? Believe what Jesus believes. Believe what the Holy Spirit believes. People that don't, they just don't live in much glory, don't live in much anointing. They don't agree with God. They agree with some demon that lied to him. They got lies growing. The father of lies, that's his name. But what he's actually doing is farming. He's farming in flesh. The fruit of the flesh has to be farmed. So we're so used to the farming of the flesh. That's how the whole animal kingdom works, which is the kingdom of hell. But the kingdom of heaven works only, guys, only exclusively in farming the spirit. Which means, how can we even bear fruit if we haven't discovered our own spirit? The most grievous thing I've seen in the charismatic church the last 23 years is the lack of revelation for living in the new creature. New creaturedom. We got it theologically. We can read the Bible. Anyone can read the Bible. But can you experience the Bible within your spirit? That's what faith is. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of the unseen. Can you make the unseen seen through faith in the Word in your spirit? The entrance of the Word gives light. Is there light coming out of your spirit because of faith in the Bible? The Bible is the seed of the kingdom of heaven. Truth, anyhow. Anybody has access to the seed. You've had millions. Number one bestseller. Number one bestseller every single year worldwide is the Bible. The Bible has always been the number one book. God's word is number one. Enemy would try to do anything to stop God's word, but nothing can stop the word of God. Even if just a couple people believe it, it's better than everything else. Jesus, the businessman, went and made a hotel deal and got his book inside every hotel room in the world. Best business deal ever. It's access to his seed. It's access to the tree of life in the earth, which is the other side of the river. Tree of life's on both sides now which means the Holy Spirit is sent out to all the earth and at any moment that a person believes in their heart that Jesus is Lord, which is in your spirit, and confesses with their mouths, they shall be saved. Saved from what? Darkness and unbelief. Saved from the animal curse of the limitations of men and women only being mere flesh. Remember, God's only spirit. That's what the Bible says. The Father I'm talking about. Jesus said of the Father, John 4, 24, the Father is spirit. So if God is only spirit, what part of us do you think we lost in the curse of the fall? 
What part of you is undeveloped, malnourished, <clears throat> oftentimes anemic, weak? And then you got these three areas that are stronger in the heart, the soul, which is lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, which is really sex, greed, and food. Sex, greed, and food. Truth anyhow. The temptations of Satan to Jesus, make bread, food, lust, other temptations, have these kingdoms, or take, be, you know, all these things, disobey the Father and take the kingdom now without the Father's timeline. Disobeying the Father's timing. Because he got the kingdom and everything Satan offered him, but he got him through God's timing. He went through the sheep gate himself to the Father which is the cross. He demonstrated how to return to God with your bodies. He returned to God with the Jewish DNA. That's why we're not in the old covenant anymore. Woman, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to my father, which means this Jewish DNA, it has to be glorified at the right hand of the father so that salvation can be poured out on the Gentiles, the book of Acts says, which is the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. 3,000 added their number that day, and Paul got it, and added 10 million to, the, to that number, scholars say, in Greece and in Rome and Asia Minor and Europe. 10 million were added to their number because of the transfiguration of the DNA of David, son of David. Mary was also a descendant of King David. So Jesus' flesh and blood was Davidic. Truth anyhow, which is the total fulfillment of all the promises of the entire Old Testament in the flesh and blood of Jesus of Nazareth. So now by calling upon that name, you are asking for that to happen to you, what happened to him. And the path is glorified, but you gotta walk in it. This is the way walk in it, Isaiah says. Amen? You have to be obedient to the way of the Lord. You know, Christianity was mostly called the way in the first century. They didn't even call it Christianity. It's a modern thing. They called it the way walk in it which means you're not walking in it you're not a christian you'll know them by their walk are they walking in the way that's misunderstood and attacked by religious people every day like everyone in the bible if not you're not on the way you're in the wide path of the world that doesn't cause a ruckus with sinners that doesn't cause a ruckus with self-righteous jesus turned over money tables are you you're going to walk in the way. You will at times. The Holy Ghost will manifest through you all 33 years of the DNA transfigured of Jesus of Nazareth. That's what the glory realm is. It's living the life of Jesus through your flesh and blood. Spirit of prophecy testimony, which means experience of Jesus. Are you living the experience Bible? Amen. We are. Oh, absolutely are. It's wild what you go through, but it's it's fulfilling. It's the best action adventure of all time. Feels like a role-playing game. You level up all the time. You get new armor, you get upgrades, the armory of God. But if you're faithful with little, guess what? He makes you faithful with much. So use what you have 
the part of you that's divine, the part of you that believes the word, if you're faithful with that, you'll get more. But you have to use your spirit progressively to rule your soul and your mind and your body. That's what getting more faithful is. If the flesh is ruling over you, sex, greed, and food ruling over you, just forget it. You're not growing. That's why fasting gets your spirit bigger. And those three realms that Jesus taught were the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, and the three temptations of the wilderness by Satan and his angels. If those little circles of activity of the soul and the connection to the natural realm aren't shrinking around you, you're following demons. If you're following Jesus, those three realms will shrink. I used to eat, I remember playing football in high school, and we'd have to eat so much protein, egg whites, albacore tuna, you have, you know, 40 grams of protein, you'd be counting calories, all this for weightlifting, weight building. It was three big meals a day, and that's what you needed. And if you skipped a meal, you'd be like, oh, I'm dying. <laughs> Nowadays, I don't even think about food or desire food. I do enjoy food. But for the most part, I mean, I've been eating one meal a day for like the last 10 years for the last decade. You know that? And I'll often, I'll, if I'm not hungry, I won't even eat unless I want to enjoy it. But that food, I've watched, this testimony is true because I've experienced it. This food, the immorality, the lust, the pride, the knowledge, the whole carnal realm of animal shrinks as your spirit gets bigger. That's the evidence that you're walking with Jesus because it shrunk for him. It might be bigger when you're young, but you can stay in the divine part of you. You can. You can be encouraged continuously in the divine part of you. That's what you must do to walk in the way. You can't be distracted by the Herods, the political stuff around you. You'll get distracted, you get pulled away from developing your spirit. The temptations are trying to seize you, 2 Corinthians 10 says. What does it mean to be seized? To stop walking in the spirit to now be soulish, to now be distracted by natural things, even family. Ask Job about that. His family and his friends came and they were tempting him to curse God and die, the Bible says. And it might not be that obvious to you because he comes as a cunning serpent, and he comes as the voice of God oftentimes. He comes as the Holy Spirit. Satan will come as the Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, especially to charismatic people. Baptists don't have to worry about that. No more, no kundalini for them. But once you get into the spiritual stuff, Satan's right there. The Bible says the worst principalities come around when you get the most spiritual. So the Bible teaches, read Revelation chapter 2. The apostolic church, they have signs, wonders, miracles, living in the glory realm, guys. But they have Jezebel there who calls herself a prophetess, one who's inspired, but is a soulish spirituality. The arch nemesis of the prophetic is only possible once you're charismatic. It's not, that principality doesn't even exist until you're real spiritual. And then you open up to the last enemies of man's soul. And that's what we're facing in this generation. The most diabolical counterfeits of the high things of God. You're not dealing with counterfeits of the low things of God. You know, that's what the outer court does. In the holy place, in the spirit, you are dealing with the high things. The counterfeit of the high things. The mountaintops of seven mountains. The Bible calls it seven-headed beast. What does that mean? 
Seven's the number of God. Beast is the brain. So it's the carnality, copycatting God the Father. Seven-headed beast, it is written. What is that? You know, beast is brain. You have that revelation for the last five years at Joel's bar. Flesh, mark of the beast is brain and hand. Carnality, soulishness, naturality, earthly, unspiritual, demonic. You have that revelation established in you. Now understand that those seven with the beast is God's counterfeit by the fallen angels on the mountaintops. Now they're the ones that will deceive you the most and that's where they really get people. You see, how many charismatic Pentecostal people have we seen destroyed on the seven mountains? Countless numbers, guys. Countless numbers. Where are they? They stopped growing. They settled for those seven mountains, a beast seven, instead of the real seven of the seven spirits of God building up Zion in their bellies, building up Zion in their spirit, the strength of God in the believer's spirit, the new creature as greater than Lucifer, the new creature as greater than Jezebel, the new creature as greater than Leviathan, the new creature as greater than Apollyon, the new creature is greater than the king of Tyre. The new creature is greater than all Satan's principalities in the world. But it has yet to fully be demonstrated. As it is, many will come to salvation in the glory of God. In the light, in a manifest substance that's greater than all the temptations of the devil. That's what the war is. The war is a war for pleasure in God or in the world. It's a pleasure war. Garden of Eden means garden of pleasure. What's the earth? People spend all their money on entertainment, pleasure, and comfort. That's what you make money for. Make money just to eat. Not most people. Most money, most people make money to enjoy life in the realm of the natural. We work until we can retire and then enjoy it. That is the exact opposite of the kingdom of heaven, which means we begin in heaven and our work is faith in God to have a greater pleasure in the spirit to conquer all the natural realm. That's real Christianity. Everything else is still human, which the Bible teaches is diabolical. To be human is to be diabolical. Humanity is not a part of the equation when you ask God into, godliness is the only part of the equation. Everything else is irrelevant. Christ in you, the hope of that glory being realized by your brain. Your brain realizes the glory, but oftentimes they're not willing to pay the price to give up their humanity for a greater godliness. I believe this generation will, but they're going to need examples. They're going to need to look at it. And they're going to need revelation to open and illuminate the path to that place. That's what the prophets do. They illuminate the path with the inspired word of God. Prophet really means inspired preacher. The function of the prophet, most of the time in the New Testament, if you study it out, it means inspired preaching. It's inspiring the word to illuminate the Bible, the Logos written word, to be direction in obedience to the Spirit, to know the Spirit more, to go into higher realms. That's why it's represented with the eagle. God's an eagle. Jesus is an eagle. So are we. We are an eagle prophetic people that are learning constantly by the illumination of the Logos word how to fly higher. 
You gotta fly higher than this. You can fly above the storms. That's what eagles do. Storms don't affect eagles. They're too high. They're literally above the clouds. When storms come into region, where are the eagles? Above the lightning, above the thunder, where are you? Oh, it's so hard. Will you pray for me? Will you pray? Here's the prayer for you. Get prophetic. Believe the prophetic word and you will soar on wings as eagles, it is written. Well, I'm trying. Well, yeah, just keep listening to the prophets and you begin to digest it. Young people, they wait, they're wasteful. They spill it all over the place. You put a baby, you put a, all this food in front of the baby, you have to have a bib on it. And there's just a huge mess. He will slap half the food off of the table because they don't understand the value of the food of heaven for their spirit. So there's tons of waste when you're young in the Lord. You could have the finest food in the kingdom of heaven from Melchizedek himself, but for young in the Lord, we'll mess it all up. We'll barely get any of it into us because we don't know how to eat right for our blood type to have heavenly delight and get out of the earth into heaven's light. We don't know how to feast the marriage feast of the lamb. Feasting is the training and how to eat and retain the word in your spirit. It's the new creature conquering and devouring the human heart. Jesus Christ, first thing he did when he's raised from the dead is feed his disciples on the road to Emmaus the scriptures. The only thing he talked about, you think talk about anything? What happened in hell? He didn't talk about hell. He's talking about the Bible. First thing he does is start to illuminate the word to two members of his 72 disciples. And he caused their hearts to burn within them as he walked with them in the narrow way. What's the narrow way? Eating only God's word. Not eating from any other bird. Birds come, they try to put food in their mouths, worms in their mouths, all kinds of different creatures in their mouths. They'll try to get us to eat anything. The great white eagle, which is the prophetic word, the eagle soaring mid-heavens, preaching the eternal gospel, he comes and he's putting food in your mouth too. He says, eat the scroll. The food of God is the word of God, the bread that's come down from heaven. In the spirit, scrolls. How many scrolls did you guys eat today? That's so much you fed your spirit. None, I didn't even know there were scrolls. The whole spirit world is run by syntax. Scrolls. Scrolls. This is how principalities have mountaintops, seven mountains, seven-headed beasts. This is how all angels work by scrolls. Now, the Bible says that a lot of this stuff is the fallen angels. That's why you have to have a commanding authority of the Word of God. That scroll, this scroll, the Bible, 66 books in your spirit. Otherwise, they'll be able to deceive you. You know how it's easy to deceive Christians? They don't know the scriptures. If you know the scriptures in spirit and truth, you, your spirit can't get deceived. The part that can get deceived is only your flesh. When your spirit rises by eating the word, your spirit can't be deceived. My sheep know my voice and they won't listen to another. What part of you sheep? Certainly not the goat part of the tabernacle of Moses with the goat skins, the tent of meeting, representing the soul. That's full of witchcraft. That has to burn by getting into the holy place, getting into the, that menorah, the seven spirits of God, God's sevenfold Holy Ghost, and the word, the Ten Commandments are in there, aren't they? Aaron's staff that budded, and manna, which is all about food for the spirit. What is Aaron's staff that budded? 
the the manna from heaven and the Ten Commandments? Food. What is the feast of the Lamb? Learning how to live in that tent with Moses and the Lamb and eat God's word day and night. Meditate on this word, Joshua 1, and then you get the promises that is written. Guess what? If you don't know the word, you don't get the promises because the word is the promised land as it unfolds. Doesn't come in always feeling so nice. Like, man, that's, that's a pretty aggressive sermon tonight, brother. You sure seem confident. Yeah, it's from experience. This one teaches as if he has authority. They've never heard authority before. Authority comes with walking with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of authority. If you're not in the authority of the Lamb, you'll be in the authority of the land which is worldly authority political Herod authority and if we're honest with ourselves there's a lot of that still in the church don't worry we've come to bring fire and it is kindled it's kindled in your spirit your spirit will release Daniel 7 river of fire what is the promised land for the enemy it's a lake of fire for you that'll be the glory realm the knowledge of the glory covering the earth as the waters cover the sea, the flood of glory is your eternal peace on earth as it is in heaven. But simultaneously, see, we like the peace stuff. We like all the promise stuff. We like that stuff. But you don't understand. It only comes with a level of judgment likened to the greatest judgment earth has ever seen. Noah. The greatest judgment of all time in world history is Noah and all ancient civilizations write about it. It happened. There was a great flood, the great judgment. And Jesus said his second coming would be like the greatest judgment that the ever hit the earth. It is a flood of your spirit life. It's the breaking of the waters of what comes out of your spirit when you believe the word. Bible says that Moses is supposed to speak to the rock. Why? Because the word in the water, water has come out of the word. Washing by the water of the word, which is what sanctification is, an ever-increasing water by faith in your spirit. You understand that's how floods come? So what do we need to do to bring the judgment that Jesus Christ said would end Satan's tyranny on earth and remove the entire curse of the fall and the curse of death? You need more water. So first and foremost, in order to get promises, Jesus Christ said the promised land is likened to a flood of water, which is a flood of glory. You can live in it individually. You can live in a water temple. Individually, you're in Ezekiel 47. It's true. But corporately, we have yet to come together and release that much of the Word's water through our transfigured souls. we got to wash our own souls by the washing of the water of the Word only getting the inheritance through purification it is written i got a verse for you let's go over to the amplified classic this is one of my all-time favorites this is one you want to get tattooed on your spirit not your face if you ever want to work an office job <laughs> this is acts 20 32 and now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge. <laughs> I'm gonna just, I need to sit up and straighten my shoulders my bad posture. I just repent of my posture right now. Oh, there we go. 
Oh, that's better. Be a good example. You don't want to end up with that scoliosis. <laughs> Glory. Oh, man. Mm. And now, brethren, Acts 20:32. I commit you. You know, this is about the end of Paul's ministry right here. What is Paul's ministry? The purification of the soul. I commit you to God. I deposit you in his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace. I bind you to the word. I bind you to the word of grace. The word of grace is a chariot in the spirit that will take you up into the high places. That's what Elijah rode in. Elijah didn't have some mystical new age chariot like these false mystics. Wasn't a soul. He attached himself to the word of God. That's what the prophetic is. The prophetic is the word. Jesus, the prophet. All you got to do is attach yourself to the word. That's your Elijah chariot. It's not some mystical crap where you just feel goosebumps all the time and I got to feel a certain way. You just got to believe a certain word. You just got to get everything out of you that doesn't believe what God believes out of you. You'll be flying around constantly having 10... 10,000 times 10,000 mystical experiences. But when you're full of lies, the Bible says they choke out the word. The word is the experience of the kingdom. It's the gospel. It is the keys of the kingdom, the word of God, to experience the glory. Third heaven, fourth heaven, fifth heaven, sixth heaven, seventh heaven is only entered into by man's soul by faith in the word. You can't get anything greater than it, but you can have great faith in the Word. You can have a great loyalty to the Word. And only through the Word will you ever know the Holy Spirit. You can't know the Holy Spirit without knowing the Bible. Not possible. Anyone that begins to know the Spirit knows the Word. Why? Because it's His language. Men were filled and controlled by the Spirit who wrote the Scriptures. During that time, they were writing down the language of God on a, on a book, on scrolls. They got possessed by the Holy Ghost. And guess what happens if you start to make the Lord your friend? He teaches you a new language called wisdom. That's what scripture is. Learning wisdom, everyone that learns wisdom can write inspired words. You can all write books. You can all follow the Holy Ghost because you got him in you. Now the issue is obedience. Obedience to the Holy Ghost is your eternal success. You have to trust that his plan is perfect and you can't get jealous of others. What are the Ten Commandments? You can't covet your neighbor's belongings. Covetousness, greed, one of the big circles of soulishness, of bones and brains and hearts, sex, food, and greed. Those will diminish as spirit gets bigger and consumes them. It's called growing in holiness. This season is the season of growing in the most holiness of all time. This is the greatest holiness ever. Once you start to understand holiness of the word in your spirit, you will scorn other things. That temptation, the things that used to seize you and steal your confidence and make you feel dirty and unclean, you've, you won't even be tempted by it because you are so fulfilled in the Word. You need to understand the Word as your promised land. The Bible is your promised land. 
That's what it says in uh, Hebrews 4.12. Jesus is the sword of fire of the Garden of Eden. The flashing sword. Which means you're only getting into heaven by faith in that sword. Sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Hebrews 4.12. Cherubim of glory. So there's the, the revelation of the glory realm called the Garden of Eden. How it looks in the realm. It's a spiritual dimension, guys. This is a spiritual dimension. God is a spirit that lives in a spiritual dimension called heaven. Which means your access comes by believing invisible words, phrases, scriptures, verses, chapters, all of this. As it mixes with you, you begin to experience heaven in greater ways. And the more the word mixes with faith, the greater the presence of the person that lives in that realm. What's living in God's presence? It's living in the Word. When you are in different dimensions in heaven, you got in there through the manifest Word that carried you like a chariot. Your consciousness goes with you. Your spirit can be in those places and it's not shared with your heart and your mind and your soul doesn't get anything out of it. That's why we pray in tongues and we pray in understanding it is written because you have to take your soul with you to have a blessed life on earth christians have yet to learn how to take their heart and their brain and their bones into zion joseph gave instructions of his bones to be taken to zion you need to give instruction of the word of god into your bones jeremiah 20 your word is fire in my bones a river of fire to carry your bones from the dry place, Ezekiel 37, to the river, Ezekiel 47, so the dry bones live. Where are they going? They're going into heaven. Your bones are welcome in heaven. Your bones were created out of heavenly glory. And I believe gold dust because there's still gold inside the human heart. There's still remnants of God's original design. It's faint because this, this isn't what it was like 6,000 years ago in Eden. It's, you, there's the ability to glow brighter than the noonday sun if you see Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 9 there's a man in the flesh Jesus in the flesh, Acts 9 he can fly like Superman and he's brighter than the desert sun in the Bible, Acts 9, it's written you understand, that's a picture of a normal Christian that's where you're going if you obey the Holy Ghost you'll always go from glory to glory until your bones shine when your bones begin to shine with the glory, you're really making a lot of damage to the realm of dry bones, the valley of dry bones, the valley of the shadow of death. This is how death is conquered. You can't conquer death unless you take your bones into Zion. Never going to happen in a million years. You can have all, every belief system. You can believe everything that God believes theologically won't make one difference until you physically transport into the house of wine by real faith into a greater light. Boldly approach the greater light. A window and a door in heaven saying, come up here into a greater brightness of understanding the word of God. He illuminates the scripture. That's his nature. He's raised, raised from the dead, which means if you become his disciple today, Jesus Christ's actions towards you will be to illuminate the scriptures until you're as bright as he is. Glory to glory is brightness to brightness. What is the activity of God? He's the father of light. That's his name in the Bible. He's, your light is getting fathered. 
Amen. How do you get light? Believing the word. And now, brethren, I commit you to God. I deposit you to his charge, entrusting you to his protection and care. And I commend you to the word of his grace, to the commands and counsels and promises of his unmerited favor. You could say statutes and precepts. You could say Psalms 119. Put that in your crack pipe and smoke it. We're on the statutes and precepts now. You know the greatest glory is becoming a lawgiver of liberty. Not a lawgiver of death and sin. Not a dead letter. A lawgiver of life. A, fr a law of liberty in Christ Jesus. Law means word. It's the word of life. The word of grace is the law of the Garden of Eden. And if you don't obey it, you ain't getting in. You can't get in. And if you try to, you get kicked out by angels real quick. So, you have to learn the New Covenant law. It's a real deal. It's the law of love. The golden rule. To live in the golden glory. What is it? Love your neighbor as yourself. Not a nice love, although he paid the price for you to be nice. You'd be exceedingly nice. You'd be so nice, but there's a severity behind the niceness. Like uh, There's a kindness and a gentleness, but also a ferociousness, because it's backed by the throne of the Father and with armies of warring angels. It's not this passive niceness. It's not a niceness, that, niceness that's walked on. It's a royal kindness. Huge difference than the phileo of the soul. Soul phileo is the greatest counterfeit of love I've ever seen in my life. Christians getting taken advantage of by sorcerers in Babylon the Great is the greatest abomination I've seen of all time, and it happens to most believers. They think that being a Christian means just being good and nice. And if they get taken advantage of, well, I should give my shirt and tunic too and turn my other cheek. <laughs> You're turning your cheek to the abuse of demons instead of the, using the sword of the Spirit to slay them. You're not a soldier. Amen. You're in captivity. You're enslaved by phileo false love. You know, that's what castrated is. To be castrated is to put down your sword and be enslaved in phileo love. That's one of Satan's major tactics upon the Laodicean church that we're destroying in this nation right now is to get you out of the soulish love. Soulish love is the most deceiving love of all. People, there's even fake ma martyrs in it. Fake martyrs. They're not real martyrs. You have to be in the agape, in the glory. Those who suffer for the glory are real Christians. Peter says... Mostly people never even lived in the realm of glory. That's why I don't have any freedom or joy. Just serious suffering. This is my lot in life to be a freaking miserable Christian. You have no rewards in heaven, and that's not an actual martyr. You have to be in ecstasy to be a real martyr. And if you're not in ecstasy, you're not in the presence of God. You haven't obeyed him in anything. It's just soulishness. Jesus Christ said to those people, depart from me, worker of iniquity, which means doer of your own thing. I never knew you, which means you weren't yoked to the spirit of Jesus when you walked in life. It was your own freaking ideas about God, which was religious demons. You understand? That's what the Laodicean church does. They come up with their own concepts and apply to themselves a false Christianity. A false law. They have their own laws. Everything in the soul is the counterfeit of the fallen angels if you haven't realized that yet. And so what happens when truth comes? It sets you free from what? Your soul. 
They love not their souls unto death. What provides the death of Jesus, which is a glorious place, it's the place of the baptism for the soul to go into the life of Jesus. No one finds their life unless they lose it. Have you lost it? You're trying to lose it. Well, the word of God is what makes you lose it. It's falling on the sword of the spirit. It's believing the word that costs you more and more of you for more and more of him. He is the word of God. The real living word costs you the soul. The dead letter, you still retain control of your soul. That's all the counterfeit cowards out there in religion. Anyone who ministers the word out of a soul that is not sacrificed is a false teacher. We have laid down our lives. Our lives are no longer our, our, our own. It is now the life of Jesus that flows through us. It is written, I've been crucified with Christ and no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for us to pour forth through us, but he only pours forth through those that are crucified. Crucified with what? Not your two by fours from Home Depot. You see people in the Philippines, they get up there in their strange fire. They nail themselves to physical pieces of wood to be like Jesus. How religious barbaric can you get? That's about the pinnacle right there. You know, people will do that. They misunderstand. It's the word without the spirit. First and foremost, salvation came when you were born of the spirit and the water. John 3. What happens? You leave the spirit. You leave your teacher. Which means all of the kingdom of heaven can't be taught unless it's the spirit that conceived you and is breathing right into your spirit. So a lot of people, they get born again, they believe in Jesus, and there's a regeneration in their spirit, but their whole rest of their life is just trying to be humanly good in the soul. That's almost every Christian you've ever known for 2,000 years, unless they're discipled in the prophetic. The prophetic is the living word that expands and glorifies the spirit. Moses walked on sapphire pavement into heaven, which means that your spirit goes into heaven, Jacob's ladder, in your spirit, the prophetic word that causes the morning star to rise in your heart, which is the, the resurrection from the dead. Resurrection, dead raising of the inner man by faith in the word of God. Hallelujah. Let it rise in you. Bright morning star. Roots of David. You got a new root system. You got a new family. Of the family of the roots of David, and the bright morning star, that's fun. Before coming over here, I had Revelation 22 on repeat. Then he showed me the river, whose water gives life, sparkling like crystal, flowing out from the throne of God and the Lamb, through the middle of the broadway of the city, also on either side of the river, was the tree of life, with its twelve varieties of fruit. The transfiguration of those twelve stones, See, it's the transfiguration of the heart. What's 12? Government apostle, yes, but it's also the breastplate of the high priest. It's, it's gaining the heart of God in your chest cavity. That's what it is. That's the 12 varieties of fruit. It's the ever-increasing heart of the Father growing inside your torsos. Truth anyhow. Yielding each month. Just say yielding. There you go. That's all you got to do. Yielding. That's how you get more fruit. Yielding. That's how you get God's heart growing in your heart. You got to yield each month to its fresh crop, fresh glory, fresh oil, 
fresh fire and the leaves of that tree of those who yield and have 12 varieties are the healers of the nations and they restore the nations it is written it's the restoration of all things what is the restoration of all things the heart of god formed inside your heart and the heart of god is fire the heart of god yahweh ash the lord is fire and all consuming fire a jealous god the heart of god is song of solomon 8 love stronger than death so how do you think we overcome death y'all fire. we get the heart of god therefore shall no longer exist anything that's cursed why because everything in god is blessed you got a different heart you know you got a different spirit now yielding to 12 varieties of fruit every month you get a different soul you get a different soul a different heart is a different soul different feelings different emotions different thoughts different ways different nature there won't be anything cursed there won't be anything detestable foul offensive impure hateful or horrible but the throne of god and the lamb shall be in it the throne of god and the lamb shall be where in the heart in it and his servants shall worship him pay divine honors to him and do him holy service they shall see his face and his name shall be on their foreheads so not just heart you also get your brain to go with too isn't that nice he's gonna save your brain but first and foremost heart and there shall be no more night once your heart and brain have yielded to the 12 varieties no more darkness no more demonic influence what's the promised land a highway of holiness where there's no unclean thing pure light no darkness at all which means no areas that have any lack or want or need but total creative power living by the fruit of your lips in the whatsoever you say anointing creating with every word out of your mouth as god in this world we are jesus have i not said you are gods finally we're going to act like it yeah amen god. jesus christ said you are gods amen. I'm a god. <laughs> problem is we've been trying to do it in the soul realm like the fallen angel demon gods that doesn't work the big masonic g on our aprons like a bunch of sorcerers now we're going to do it in jesus and that that's really what irritates everyone that this there's only one way and there's only one god hero israel the lord is one the lord is god and you shall love the lord your god with all your heart soul mind and strength and you shall love your neighbor as yourself it's the unity of the oneness of our funness is this a true saying if it's not fun it's not god all these things that activate in your spirit it's not fun for the damn dead goat part of you no because that that must decrease but it's fun for the divine nature of god's sperm genetics in your spirit man and that's what the pleasure out of his right hand is forevermore that the nature of jesus the high priest and those 12 varieties of fruit of his whole nature why 12 because it's the fullness of god's nature amen 12 stones the whole city is 12 12 pearls 
She's wearing a crown of 12 stars, which means ruling all the second heavens, standing on the moon over all natural light, ruling the world in glory light. Come on, somebody. Teaching mysteries tonight, making them plain and simple so that children can eat throne room food and be accustomed to live in throne room level presence in the hundredfold and not the 60 and the 30. Amen. What you eat and the quality of food you eat and the quality of revelation you eat will determine what realm your inner man is dwelling in in the spirit, in the invisible. You change your diet, you change the realm. You change your syntax, you change your belief systems, you get transported immediately. Suddenly he transported me into the house of wine. When? Well, let's go see. Should we go into the Passion Translation? No. We're going to go into Amplified Classic because everyone's read that 10 million times. We need a little more rigid word tonight. Amplified Classic, I like it because it goes right to the jugular. <laughs> it's not nice, is it? It's just really, really powerful. She said, I am only a little rose, an autumn crocus. That's a crocus of rose. Crocus of the plain of Sharon and a humble lily of the valley that grows in deep and difficult places. That's the word of God for you tonight. You're a lily that grows in deep, difficult places. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I really needed that. Tonight. I mean it. You're a lily. The bride, every believer, is a lily that rises from the earth, which is the valley of death, which is as difficult as it gets. It's a lily, not a pansy. But Solomon replied, like the lily among thorns, so are you, my love, among the daughters. Like an apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved shepherd among the sons, cried the girl. Under the shadow I delighted to sit, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house. Notice she has to eat the tree of life. She has to believe the word. She has to have the fruit of the spirit. What's access into heaven? Fruitfulness of eating the word of God, believing the word. Under his shadow, I delighted to sit. You have to sit under the word. You have to sit under prophecy, which is the prophetic living word. And then his fruit is sweet to my taste, which means once you enjoy the word in your spirit, it's often bitter in the stomach, sweet in the mouth, people pleasing, false Christianity. It's sweet to the soul, bitter to the spirit. We need sweet to the spirit, bitter to the soul. A lot of people say it's bitter to the soul. Good. It needs to be bitter. That's what it's destroying. It's destroying the curse of the fall out of you. The elevation of your inner man is only possible to go higher by annihilation of the soul. That's a stage of sanctification. Jian Guyan taught annihilation. I go to the bar tonight to get annihilated. Annihilated's fun once you don't love your life. And you love his life more than your life. Getting annihilated is fun. It's extreme ecstasy. That you're in trance land, glory, ecstasy, rapture realm all the time in the joy of the Lord, your strength, because you're not subject to your soul anymore. You're subject to his soul. His soul lives in a different dimension. Only when you delight in his word does he bring you to the banqueting house, the house of feasting, 
Which means, what's the access into the father's house? Killing the goat, have fun with your friends. Kill the fattened calf to enter the father's house. Animal had to die. It was the death to the natural and the beginning to feast for the spiritual. That's how God the Father in the parable of Luke 15 said, All of my lost children of all the nations will come into my house. Nations shall stream and design when? When we delight in the Logos written word as our fruit, as it's sweet to our taste, as our mind is sweetened, as your word is honey on my lips, it is written. As my whole heart and soul are sweetened in delighting in the word of God, meditating on it day and night, then he brings you into the banqueting house. It's faith in the word that brings you deeper in the spirit, deeper in the kingdom, deeper out of darkness into deeper light, deep calling unto deep at the noise of his word and water spouts of the word carrying you into those places tonight. Banqueting, and his banner over me was love. What is that? It's wine. It's the bloodline. God is love. His banner over me is God himself. That God will write his word over your atmosphere. That's what an open heavens is. What words are above your head? That's the elevation. Everyone has words over their heads right now. You need new words above you. You're creating the elevation that you experience. How much heaven? How much angels? How much demons? How much sin, sickness, disease? How much freedom? How much health? Health is the children's bread, Jesus said, which means you have to be eating the word to be healthy. If you're malnourished, you get sick. If you don't believe what God believes, you're subject to the enemy. Charles, anyhow, don't get malnourished. You need to have his banner over you as love. For love waved as a protecting and comforting banner over my head when I was near him. Amen. Perfect love driving out fear. Anything you fear, you put over your head. That's your head covering and you'll bear its image. The fear of the Lord beginning of wisdom, which is the beginning of killing the beasts, mixing the wine, and ascending into divine dimensions. Fallen angels live in a divine dimension that God, the divine, gave to man, Adam and Eve, in the garden. So you're going into divine dimensions, ancient dimensions, high places, going up to the high places. When good kings came into Israel, what they do? They go up to the high place, tear down the Asherah poles, tear down the altars to the Baals and Moloch and all, all the demon gods that they served in rebellion. You do that now with your inner man. By elevations. Capernaum, will you be lifted up to the heavens? No, you be cast down to the sea. Sodom and Gomorrah will have it better than you. Jesus said there's different elevations according to what is written in the banners over your brains right now. So the preaching of the word is to write different things on your scrolls. To open the heavens over your head to ascend and rise. Those that don't rise, they don't believe the word. The resurrection is the faith in the Logos word mixed with your spirit, which is the only thing the Holy Ghost is trying to train you in down here. <laughs> King of kings and Lord of lords is an elevation you ascend into. The word of God, Revelation 19, where everyone has a white horse, which means what's a white horse? Well, it's not pale, black, it's not red, and it's certainly not yellow. It's white, it's glory. Not white like house, white like glory. It's the Shekinah. 
Amen. It's the white eagle. It's the white dove. It has nothing to do with the natural realm. It is always speaking prophetically about the glory. God dwells in glory. He hides his mysteries in the glory. Kings go in and search it out, it is written. Your future is filled with glory, bright hope, which means you have to go into your divine future. Your path will shine ever brighter. You'll rise in upward circular motions as eagles and soar until day dawns in the morning star. It's all about light and glory by the illumination of the word of God in your spirit. And you will come into different realms and you'll have temptations in those new elevations until you come to a place where you're transfigured and there's no more temptation that seizes you. For Christ has seized you and raptured you by your faith in his word. He does it one sentence at a time. One sermon at a time. Each day, a fresh meal. Father, how do we pray? Give us our daily bread. Which means you will have to eat and obey one day at a time, just like Jesus did for 33 years. And you'll walk in that way by eating the word of the Father, obeying the word of the Father, growing in a relationship with the Holy Ghost, until you know him as the seven spirits of God before your throne, like Jesus the overcomer in Revelation 4. And that'll be your experience. When you're enthroned with him in a hundredfold glory, with your soul where your spirit is. Spirit, soul, mind, and strength, loving him with all of it, it is written. Don't just love him with your fire insurance and your spirit. Love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which is your bones and marrow. Your bones need to love him. Your brains need to love him. Your heart, your soul needs to love him. Amen. And it does. And so we'll rise to that place and be with him forever. The Bible says those who love him will reign with him and rule with him forever, for a thousand years, to the end of time. This is the last day of the three days of the end times, until time ceases. God only created 7,000 years for time. And I tell you the truth, you are in the time of 6,022 in the Jewish calendar because the Jews changed it by 240-something years at the end of the first century to not point to Jesus as the Messiah. You can Google it. Pharisees changed the Jewish calendar. The prophetic church today in America that goes by the Jewish calendar is lost. It's not the sons of Issachar. Know the times and the seasons. Times and seasons is the changing of the times and seasons. They will change the times and seasons. It is written. Jesus Christ said they're going to change them. You need to understand that they already changed them 1900 years ago. You are in the Jewish year, in the Jewish calendar of 6022. We need a precision and a greater accuracy in the prophetic people. Amen. God is raising up prophets and the greatest prophets of all time. It's the culmination of the ages, the wisdom of the ages. And the most unqualified people that have lived carnal, terrible past lives, you know, like Saul, serial killer Saul, is the great apostle Paul. And you do anything when you're forgiven that much. Whoever's forgiven much loves much. You need to get forgiven more to love him more. And there's a lot still to get forgiven of that you're not aware of that the Holy Spirit sent forth will convict of sin, righteousness, and coming judgment. And when you're convicted, you'll be like, oh, I'm not condemned, I'm convicted. When you love him, you can't get condemned. There's no condemnation for those who love him, who are in Christ Jesus. You can only be in Christ Jesus by loving him. 
If you love him, you can't get condemned by revelation higher than you, by understanding higher than you, by angelic wisdom higher than you. It's an excitement that, oh, I'm going into that place of maturity. And all the stupid crap of the animal burns off and it's not even me anymore because now I'm developing my spirit. I have a new identity in Christ. Amen. A new identity. No male, no female, no Hebrew, no Gentile. But the body of Christ, the spirit is our identity. The word of God is our identity. You need to read the word to find out who the new creature is. You'll awaken off the pages of the Bible. It's true. You begin to, oh, wow, I'm getting fed. And it's like Christ awakening. Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. What does it mean? It means that the light of the Lamb of God, the day star, is rising in your heart so you can see your divine nature in Christ and have great confidence. Amen. He brought me to the banqueting house, which is the marriage supper of the Lamb. And his banner over me was agape. You know what the banner over of agape is? The cross. Oh, the tree of life. The cross. The wood that never decays. The cross is the banner. And we're on it with him. A place of being dead to the world, but alive to heaven simultaneously. A place of no longer living, but he lives through me. And all the mysteries of the word being unfolded through my mind as I'm crucified with him. Denying carnal pleasures for the pleasures of the glory realm, which is called growing in wisdom, killing beasts, mixing wine, and getting wiser and wiser in light every day, beginning to devour the darkness in your own family, begin to dark the, devour the darkness in your city, devour the darkness in your nation. All darkness will be devoured. It's prophesied in the word. We're coming into a darkness-free, death-free earth. A new earth where righteousness dwells. It's not just pie in the sky. It's not just going to rain down from heaven without you do anything. He's coming back to a bride equally yoked to him with spiritual ability. Not a child bride. Not even a Shulamite in David's bed that's unmolested. A Song of Solomon Shulamite that's a Shulamite warlord. A 33rd degree Jesus Christ. Not 33 degree Scottish Rite Freemason Warlock. A 33 year old Jesus when he hit the mark of the high calling with not just spirit, baptism, but soul and mind and ability of God the Father ascending into the cloud. Now you're living like Superman. Now you're living like Sailor Moon. Amen. Standing on the moons, written in the word. Revelation 12. Now your ability is absolute divinity. Now you are gods. Now you are the judges. When the Bible says you are gods, it's referring to judges, which is a higher office than even apostle. Some of them will give the authority to be judges, hold the office of judge, like the judges, the 18 judges of the book of Judges in the Old Testament. There's going to be more than 18. There'll be judges over cities. There'll be judges over states. There'll be judges over nations. This is a higher office of government, of the increase of his government and peace. There will be no end than the apostle. And the apostle will get promoted to judge. And the teacher will get a, a promoted to apostle. And you can go in greater glory and rank in obedience in your current measure. When you're faithful little, he'll give you more. You're not stuck in your office. I have seen a lot of people grow in their offices and get promoted into new offices. 
you're not going to stay in the same office. You're going to go from glory to glory. And if you do, that office get glorified. You get nicer furniture in your office. You get a 24-karat telephone. You get one of those screens that wraps around. 50-inch wraparound screen. You get fancy speakers in the walls. You get little holograms that pop out of the desk. Using your 3D goggles to study the Word in your office. Hallelujah. There is no limitation to what God is able to do for those who love Him. It is written. He's able to exceedingly abundantly beyond all you could expect, imagine, or pray for by the dunamis that's working within you. It is written. Which means if you just keep yielding and growing in the Word, all kinds of futuristic glory open up for you. You're going to pioneer technology. We talked about the unwitty inventions. We're going to have the witty inventions. There's inventions that are going to flow out of you. Maybe you don't invent them, but they came out of you. Your angels bring your rewards for that in a realm that can't be stolen from. Store up riches in heaven where moths and rust don't destroy and thief does not break in and steal, it is written, which means keep developing your spirit. You begin to fortify your spirit's ability as a Jerusalem with jasper walls, which is the invincible power of the light of his glory that no demon can enter and you begin to get richer and richer and richer spiritually mentally morally physically in health and also financially because you have to have a greater financial wealth the kavod of god to accompany the shekinah glory of god because it's first the development of the spirit then all things be added unto you it is written seeking first the kingdom of his righteousness then i can add that stuff unto you for the rulership of the world for taking care of everything what do you think government is we're not going to have this natural diabolical soulish government much longer first and foremost taking out the luciferians with the manifestation of the sons of god they'll all burn with the fire of the, your birthing of sonship guaranteed their future is so limited right now. They know their time is so short right now. But they, because of the level and the maturity of even the sons of God now in this current condition, as immature as it is, and it's very immature, it is still powerful enough like a 12-year-old David to slay a Goliath. He's just a boy. And that's where Bar Mitzvah, Bat Mitzvah comes from. It's because David killed him at that age where you're old enough to take out the greatest enemy of your nation. By the anointing, of course, supernaturally. But if a 12-year-old can take out the strong man and then he just kind of go off and pasture sheep for the next 10 years or something, it wasn't running from Saul right away. He just still went back to shepherding. But he had the anointing and he'd killed the giant when he's a little bit older and now let's take up the sword, now let's join Saul's armies and get promoted, 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 work for a wicked king. You know, you have to kind of go through the religious system. It's kind of like going through Saul. It's just there. It just is what it is, the warlock told me once. It just is what it is. You have to just go through it because you're born in this world. You go through it. Eventually, you're out of it. And now your armies are growing in the anointing. Your armies are picking up pace. You're killing the enemies of the Philistines. You're, you're bringing peace to Israel. And the anointing is doing all this through. And you will mature through the stages of David. And you'll mature through the stages of Jesus and have all your own experiences as you make the Lord and His Word your closest friend, your very heart. The heart of the Father is the ultimate promised land for all of us. And we must yield to its 12 varieties of fruit. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. All experiences that you have with the Holy Ghost, the Kingdom of Heaven, and all real Christianity is to form 
his 12 stones in your heart, the 12 varieties, the fullness of his government, which is dominion over the realm of the natural. Take dominion, Adam, over all the animals, over the flesh. Your new heart is taking dominion. First and foremost, transformation to have that heart. The heart of David? What? No, the heart of God the Father. God the Father formed inside your chest cavity. Flames of Yahweh exuding through your heart. Supernatural Shekinah fire burning and blazing through your heart and your brain and your bones. I make my ministers or my Christians flames of fire. Every single one of you. Consuming hearts, burning hearts, burning brains, burning bones in the Shekinah fire of, the, of God's glory. And it is blazing in you to the exact measure of your faith in the Word. Amen. You grow in fire, you grow in faith. Same substance. And it's just an ever-increasing fire, which is an ever-increasing glory by obedience and faith in the Word and an intimacy in that Word. And your spirit gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And King of Kings and Lord of Lords is the exact brightness of Jesus, which is the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Somebody's going to hit that mark and be the exact likeness of the invisible God, not Jesus, his brothers and sisters in whom he's not ashamed of, it is written. He's the firstborn from the realm of the dead of many brothers and sisters to follow. It is written, they begin to shine in the same brightness, the same degree of glory that he walks in right now at the right hand of God. That's your mark. That's your promised land. That's where sonship is. And I believe the Holy Ghost can take you there. What? Amen. Like the Bible says, we'll do it together. Woo! Not catching little foxes. Transfiguring our souls yeah. together into those celestial garments where nothing decays. And the celestial body that can never taste death. Woo! Where is your victory? It is swallowed up in the development of your spirit, soul, mind, and body in God's love. Swallowed up in victory. And so it needs to be swallowed up. Let our spirits release that swallow. Amen? And begin to eat stuff up of death. Until you look around and say, Death, where is your sting? It's been swallowed up by Christ in your spirit. There is a lion in you that opens and eats these scrolls. It's a hungry lion. It's Jesus Christ, the lion of the tribe of Judah, that opens the seven seals, that takes and eats the scroll, that obeys the word. It's your empowerment for obedience. He's in there. He loves to obey his father because he's full of wisdom. He knows that's the path of life. That's the path of success and victory. That's the path of immortality. That's the path of prosperity. That is the path. It's Jesus rising and devouring everything in your heart and mind every day. As it is written, He must increase, we must decrease. And I want to just end with this. I'm going to read the whole book of Genesis. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1. It's a really juicy one. We actually heard this voice. Born out of heaven. For we were together with him on the holy mountain. That's what fellowship is. Being together with him in Zion. We're in Zion tonight. I'm ministering to you from Zion. Together we are on the holy mountain. On the holy mountain we have the prophetic word made firmer still. 
which is a gelling, a maturing of the word and the consuming of the insides of the new wine skin, which is under the old skins, under your physical epidermis. <laughs> That's where the prophetic word is made firmer still. You will do well to pay close attention to it as to a lamp shining in a dismal, squalid, and dark place until the day breaks and it breaks through the gloom and the morning star comes into being in your hearts. Morning star, Jesus Christ, come into being in all of our hearts. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for doing it. And whatever it takes for that to happen, we say, yes, Holy Spirit, will be teachable, clay in the potter's hands. Just teach us and lead us in the way in which we should go so we don't depart from it. Amen. Thank you for being faithful, for raising us, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And we just stay in the faith. We just stay with our eyes fixed on you and nothing else. First love, constant bliss. We repent of all the distractions. We repent of all the idols, of all outward externalism, of religion and rebellion. We repent. Forgive us our sins. Give us our daily bread. Help us live in your power and your kingdom and your glory forever and ever for your pleasure, Father, as you get all your kids back. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you Tuesday. Amen. <laughs> Glory. <laughs> yeah. Give it a baby.